Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong with you? What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church, and we are your local churchmen. My name is Josh, and I'm here, as always, with my faithful compadre in crime, Mr. Captain Jack Berry. Jack, <laughs> how are you, my friend? <laughs> good. It's, uh, man, it's good to see you. Saturday was yeah. like... What sixty eight degrees? Saturday was, was warm, dude. Spring's Saturday coming. was warm. Technically, yep. today is the first day of spring. And I it's mean, true. It's true. It's true. But you know, the Pacific Northwest is renowned for not following the rules. <laughs> you know, in our music, in our food, uh, in our politics, uh, and in our weather. Yeah, literally <laughs> in everything. Our clothing. Yeah, we break the mold. You know, I yeah. mean, it is the epitome of. If weather could be grunge, that's what we are. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> that's pretty much it, man. Dude, it's good to see you, man. Dude, fresh cut, man. Yeah. Looking good. Man, high and tight on this one. They went shorter yeah. on this one, didn't they? Well, I told him to go shorter because oh, I said, you? I'm done with this. And he's like, okay, I got you. <laughs> Um, shout out to I'm Nate, who's my bar. <laughs> shout out to Nate, who's my barber, who's literally like down the street from me, like five minutes away. Oh, that's um, convenient. He's like, he's like, all right. He's like, what do you want? I'm like, just give me a high and tight, dude. Mm. Just, and he's like, all right, I got you. So. Like, I want to feel like I want to feel like I'm back in boot camp. <laughs> I want to relive those. I want to relive those memories. <laughs> or I just don't really want the shag of my hair around me anymore. Hey, what are you so. saying? What are you saying? I'm saying? not saying anything. I, I don't, it I, works I'm for not, you. I, it works for like you, Josh. I feel like you're judging. I don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. You're a Reformed Baptist. Of course you judge. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jack, my friend, it has, uh, it's been a week. Uh, I was uh, mm-hmm. over in eastern Washington uh, for a little bit visiting family. Um, my uh, my sister uh, and her husband, my brother-in-law, because that's how mm-hmm. that works, yeah, uh, they were uh, dedicating their newborn son. Oh wow! Or as I like to call it, waterless baby baptism. 
<laughs> Pretty much. It's basically what they are. <laughs> basically, you know, same thing, just without the water. Yep. I threatened to stand in the back with a with a super soaker. Just just to mess with them. <laughs> uh, they didn't oh, they didn't man. they didn't think that was funny. That's okay. You know what? I mean I guess yeah. they unearthed some sort of quote from uh Herman Bovink that said like okay. immersion is the preferable mode <laughs> of baptism. And yes. so like all so like I jumped on that on Twitter. I'm like, see, like look, we sure. got him. Even we got Herman. <laughs> yeah. We got Herman <laughs> Bavink on our side now, boys. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <sighs> Jack, my friend, before we hop into our topic for today, which is a doozy, why don't you yeah. give us the reformatory cigar of the week. You got you got a banger mm. for us this week, don't you? Yeah. So this is um so this is a cigar that Josh and I so I smoked this in front of Josh. And so Josh yeah, was, was seeing rude. my reactions. Really <laughs> yeah. Josh yeah. was seeing my reactions in uh real time. But this is a cigar that I've been hearing a lot of hype for, probably within the last six months or even more than that. Uh, this is a cigar called the Knuckle Sandwich. It is coll- it is a collaboration um, with <laughs> this. This is probably the craziest collaboration I've ever heard of. And I love um, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Before you announce who this is with, yeah, right. I love this dude. Yeah. I follow him on all his accounts. His 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 like flagship TV show is yep. my absolute favorite. So <laughs> who is the, who is this in collaboration with, Jack? Who do we Okay, got? so this is a celebrity collaboration. The celebrity involved in this collaboration is Guy Fieri. Guy right? Fieri, that's yes. Flavortown himself. <laughs> yes, Mr. Flavortown himself. <laughs> that's right. Collaborated with Eric Espinoza and AJ Fernandez, surprisingly too. I don't think mm-hmm. anybody knew that. But basically, he collaborated with these two guys to make this cigar. Mm-hmm. And... Really, like it's it's called the knuckle sandwich, and really, honestly, a lot of that flavor that you taste in a deli good deli sandwich or some type of really like meaty choice meats. Um, choice meat sandwich is yes. really there in this cigar. Honestly, yeah, it is probably one of the most savoriest cigars I've ever smoked in my life. Yep. Um, it literally tastes. In a good way too. It's that first third. That first yeah. third is like a first third's everything. That first third is like a choice, like Philly cheesesteak almost. Yeah. It's like got this smokiness to it. It's got this it's got this smokiness, hickoriness, like pepperiness that mm-hmm. it's like, wow, that actually tastes like a sandwich. Um well, so it is the design. The design's on point too. <laughs> I've actually yeah. got here. Here, I want people to. If you're if if you're listening to this, we're on YouTube now. You can you can actually have visual. Not that you would want to see Jack and I, but <laughs> if if you want to hop over to YouTube, you can see the design. Look at this. Look look at that design. It's like a skull. It's on point, man. Yeah, it's a skull with a chef's hat. <laughs> it is. It's pretty cool. And crossbones. Um. So. Yeah, this sandwich is, or this sandwich, well, it is, a, <laughs> it is, it tastes like a sandwich. Um, this is, I would say, probably like in your medium range, especially this cigar that I smoked. It was uh, Habano. So basically, they okay. have different versions of the cigar in different wrappers. But this primarily was um, an Ecuadorian Habano Robusto sizing. 
Yeah. Okay. And then you have all of your fillers and binders are Nicaraguan. Yep. So basically you have basically Nicaraguan and Ecuadorian tobacco in this. Um, it's Habano sizing. Uh, it's crafted at actually AJ Fernandez's uh, San Latano factory in Nicaragua as well, too. And man, it will take you to Flavortown. Okay, it will take yeah. you to Flavortown on that first third. That first third is a probably the most wildest rides of cigar smoking I've ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah. It was just that nuts. So I, I mean, the price point, little bit on the higher price point. Uh, I would say I mean, it's, it's like, a celebrity stick. What are you gonna expect, right? It's I think it's MSRP at ten fifty, eleven fifty, somewhere around there. Sure. At least for the Robusto sure. sizing um, in the Habano. So there you go. But yeah, it is a great cigar. So go All check right. that out. Awesome. Well, once again, it is the Knuckle Sandwich by AJ Fernandez and Guy Fietti taking you to Flavortown. Uh, that is the Reformatory Cigar of the Week. Go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack. So um, today's app is actually prompted it's prompted by a tweet that i saw a really good tweet actually very good normally when we talk about twitter on this podcast it is in the negative yeah um, because that's just kind of par for the course because nate you know twitter is probably 90 95 negative but this one was actually really really good so um there's an original tweet that was really good and then there was a retweet that was really, really good. And we're going to read both of them right here. So the original tweet was put out by a guy named John Moffat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys will recognize him as one of the hosts of Theocast. Great guy, great podcast. Uh, and this is what he said. He said, just because sinners got the church wrong doesn't mean God did. Trust God's means by measuring his word, not the failure of those who abuse or confuse it. We need a reformation toward biblical churches. God's people are weak, suffering alone and under attack. God help us. All right. So he's making the point, and it's a fantastic point, that just because we see failures within the church does not mean that the church as a whole has failed. Yeah. Right. It does not mean that God has somehow failed in his election or in his purpose or his calling out of his people. Right. So great tweet. And then it was retweeted. By a, uh, I believe, listener of the podcast, uh, a a Twitter friend named Darren Caldwell. Mm -hmm. All right. Great guy. Yeah. And this is what he said. And this is what kind of triggered my thought for this this podcast and the the title for this podcast. Right. And he this is what Darren says. He retweeted and said, the reformation we need isn't one against a singular pope in America, but the one million popes of personal Autonomy. Mm-hmm. Great, great <laughs> quote. Yeah. Really. Yes. Darren hit the nail on the head. So, of course, I saw personal popes and I thought, <laughs> you, you know what? You know, I need to call this the Pope of Personality, right? <laughs> Little in living color, yeah. uh, in living color reference going back to that 80s. Yeah. Great song, by the way. Uh, Cult of Personality, right? Uh, but Darren, dude, so awesome observation, right? Mm. There's a lot of talk. R.C. Sproul talked about this a lot, about a a need today for a reformation, right? He yeah. talks about the need for the church to have another reformation, just as it did back in the 1500s, starting with Martin Luther, J- uh, John Huss, right? E- even before Martin Luther, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Sproul was very clear that in order for the Reformation to continue, uh, in order for us to be constantly, you know, continuing to reform, we need to come back to the truths of Scripture. We need to we need to come back to those truths anew every every generation, right? Yeah, and. Obviously, just like in the, the Reformation in the 1500s, mm-hmm. one of the main uh, things that they were railing against as a church was the Pope and the fact that you had yeah. this singular figure set up as the end-all, be-all of church authority. And basically, yeah. whatever the Pope said, that's what went, right? And it even superseded yeah. the authority of Scripture, right? Which is mm-hmm. why you had the five solas, sola scriptura, right? And this this such a dogmatic Reformation, a reforming, a returning to the authority of Scripture, right? Yeah. And what 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 Darren here so poignantly points out is that the modern day church today is not fighting against the Roman Catholic Church as it once did. Mm-hmm. But one of the pandemics, if you will, if I can use that term, that <laughs> is ripping through the church these days is this it's this structuring of the local church around yeah. an individual or a personality mm-hmm. that ends up having the same effect as the having a pope did in the 1500s and that yeah. you have the local church centered around one man's theology one man's personality, one man's vision casting, one man's ability to 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 bring a crowd together and we're seeing the results and the destruction that comes from having that mentality within the local church instead of what it should be, a church that is ruled by a plurality of elders yeah. under the authority of scripture. Yeah. Right? So Jack, you and I being in the Pacific Northwest, I think, have a very unique uh, have a very unique outlook on this specific <laughs> on this specific issue. Yeah. Uh, obviously, talking about Mars Hill, right, and the whole blow up that happened there. Sure. But it is it is definitely part of the culture here in the PNW. It's always interesting talking to pastors from different sections of the United States and hear like the very particular and specific issues that they are dealing with in their local churches. Yeah. Celebrityism mm-hmm. and Protestant popism mm-hmm. is one that we really really deal with here in the PNW, right? Yeah. I mean, if you look at the last 20 plus years, I would mm-hmm. say you can look at a couple I would say a handful of figures. Um, one of those being Mark Driscoll, Dark Crystal, yeah. like we like to call him here on the podcast. Um, right. You could say uh, Judah Smith and Church yep. Home, which was once City Church, I think, I do believe. Yep. Um, kind of the cult of personality around him. Uh, there's several handful of like prosperity gospel preachers, I would say, as well, too, in mm-hmm. the area. There's a guy named Casey Treat. If you're yes. familiar with the Pacific Northwest, um, goes around in a helicopter. <laughs> in yeah. the Pacific Northwest. Um, yeah. You have this guy. Casey. You 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 also have, I think, on the more um, 
on the more kind of polarizing side of things, you have Doug Wilson. Um, sure. Yep. And then I would say as well, too, um, at one point there was, it's, I don't feel like it's, I don't feel like it's as prevalent as it is in Portland, but maybe some people wouldn't say that. Um, I think it had been with like a couple different people, um, but it really wasn't as crazy, I think, as Driscoll and Judah Smith in my mind. And sure. Doug Wilson, I feel like in the last yeah. like few years, at least like 20, 20 plus. Um, mm-hmm. So you have these kind of guys. And I think Josh, I think I fell into it. I fell into Mark Driscoll is the end all be all to, you know, my spiritual questionings and needs. And I did sure, treat him like sure. a Pope. There was no doubt about that. And I think that's wrong, and that was sinful, and I definitely repented of that. <laughs> well, and um, and to be fair, he set himself up as one as well. Well, sure, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, yes, yes, responsibility on all sides, but let's let's call a let's call a pope a pope. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so there are people who are jockeying for that and want that, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. they will unashamedly do that through the ways in which they communicate through medium and platform and everything like mm-hmm. that. Um, and so, yeah, Driscoll set himself up that way. And I think all of us, in a lot of ways, he was kind of baiting us to what he really wanted, which is to reach younger men who really didn't have good Christian father figures. And he was kind of setting himself up in a very, you know, Pope, Holy Father kind of way. Let's be honest about that. Um, and I think that... Now, if we look at the church formation in the Pacific Northwest today, Mm -hmm. I think what is mostly prevalent in our region of the country is the lead pastor. Yeah. Right. And that lead pastor. Uh, He done done said it. (laughs) There go our our follows. (laughs) That lead lead pastor, if, if they are not beholding themselves to accountability if they are not beholding Mm -hmm. themselves to a plurality i mean this is the difference in what we have as far as what we believe is the right formation of church government josh and i believe that you should have no lead pastors that it should be a plurality of elders and that's it yeah versus what we see a lot of the times is you have a lead pastor who is who is kind of like this first among equals Sure. Which is not biblical, which is actually yeah. Roman. <laughs> oh, <laughs> set up oh, by the pagan Roman oh. government. <laughs> Holy um, smokes. So yeah, I'm we getting all the smoke on this we, one. I'm we didn't, we didn't run one. through this before, people. That's all that is one hundred that is one hundred percent gummy worm wrestling or whatever it is you call it. Yeah. Stir in the yeah. pot. Holy Stir in the pot smokes, again. Dude. Yeah. Um that is straight out of the Roman <laughs> government. Man. Caesar was the first among equals, all right? Yeah, sure. So we can go back to that a little bit mm. and why we we can dis- – I think that Josh would more lean on the um, biblical plurality of elders. I would go back to saying stop using and reappropriating sayings that aren't yeah. biblical. Yeah, right? sure. sure. And so yeah. we have this formation of like a lead pastor dynamic, and honestly right now those lead pastors – and this happens not only in the Pacific Northwest, but around the country. 
lead pastors are setting themselves up to a certain degree as a small P Pope now and saying, listen to me and listen to the things that I say. Sure. Um, Not so much like listen to the elders like, yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's and, the dynamic and, that's interesting. So, a hundred percent. And we've talked about this before. Like, look, we we know churches. Mm. We are friends with pastors. Yeah. that have the title of lead pastor. Yeah, right? um, I I disagree with that title and that mm-hmm. position. It doesn't mean that I think they're a bad pastor or that they're bad churches, right? Yeah. And, Neither Jack and I are saying that, but but what what we are saying is is within the structure of the position itself, and this is again coming from two guys who have seen where having this position, this and 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 using this specific language within the context of the local church, we've seen that it opens the doors a lot wider to yeah. pastoral abuse and tyrannical leadership than not having that title or that specific position. Now, yeah. could you can you have a church that has a lead pastor? Can you be a church that has a, a lead pastor and be healthy and be yes, of course, right? At the end of the day, no matter your structure, it requires your leaders are humble. And yep. it requires your leaders understand their position before God and their responsibility to each other and to the church. Okay. Yep. If the men of your church understand that Almost almost any structure is going to work at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Any structure can be abused. Let's let's yeah, just say that. That is very true. However, what Jack and I are saying is that we believe some structures are more easily abused than others. Yeah. And when we talk about this this pope of personality, this this position <clears throat> of of not not even just lead pastor, because you can have you could have this position without the title. Yeah. Right. If you're if your elder structure is formed in a way where the main preaching pastor, maybe not in title, but mm-hmm. in function, acts yep. as that first among equals and that they set the tone for the church. They set the theology for the church. They set the direction of the church and the other elders are expected to fall in line with that person yeah. because that person is somehow gifted more in the realm of vision casting than than the others. I have a problem with that. Yeah. And I believe that we have seen so much damage done in local churches because that 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 methodology of leadership is just the default that a lot of people go to because it's because it's western america it's what we know yeah. we yeah. understand the ceo model Right. We understand that, you know, if you're going to have a if you're going to have a successful business, you got to have somebody calling the shots at top and then you have the board. You know, everyone falls underneath that supports kind of the vision of the main dude. That's how businesses work in America to be successful. Right. But the church is not a business. Yeah. And we one of the I'll say this. One of the biggest mistakes that the local church in America has made is to take tips and pointers from corporate America. Yep. <clears throat> when we started doing that, yeah. We stopped the ability to keep reforming yeah. as churches. <laughs> because we are looking not to scripture, mm-hmm. not to our confession, not to 
church history, we're looking to a secular method of business to define and structure what leadership should look like. And I don't think we've under, I don't think we understand what, what we've done. Yeah. (laughs) And that we have these churches now, now, not all of them, but so many of them that are centered around an individual centered Mm -hmm. around a personality that if you were to remove that person, like everything would just go away because that person, that face, that personality, that, that brand Mm -hmm. is everything. Yeah. And that happens in the large scale as Jack's already talked about some of these really big figures and the small local church scale. Oh yeah. Both. It happens in both. And it's time that I think we, especially as confessional churches start identifying this, calling it out and rooting it out of our churches. Yeah. Coming back to a biblical understanding of what a plurality of elders should look like and how a church is supposed to be led. So this is interesting because I saw this on social media as well too. And this was out of the, the, the London Baptist, the second London Baptist confession of faith. In chapter 26 of the church, and it's in paragraph two. Actually, no, it's in paragraph three. Excuse me. It says, The purest churches under heaven are subject to mixture and error. Mm. And some have so degenerated as to become no churches of Christ, but synagogues of Satan. Nevertheless, Christ always has had and ever shall have a kingdom in this world. And the end, therefore, of such as believe in him and make profession of his name. So yeah. like even even us who are confessional, we still have some mixture of error, all right? Sure, of course. Absolutely. So, I think some people <laughs> some people take this as we hold to this confession, thus we can do no wrong. Like exactly. they have this attitude. We, you know, you know, we <laughs> finally have it figured out, Jack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like even but I felt like this has happened like in the last like 20 years too when Acts yeah. 29 was rising to power yep. and we had a lot of this neo uh, Calvinism rising to power as well too yep. where if you just held to the tulip you could do no wrong. Sure. If you just sure. had Calvinistic baptistic leanings you could do no wrong, right? Right. Um and yet again like it just doesn't compute like, yeah, there's going to be churches that have mixture of error. Mm. But that mixture of error also is subject to how are you setting yourself up for? Yeah. Are we setting ourselves up as a church? My church is kind of doing this right now. We're kind of looking at where we're at as far as our building is at. Mm-hmm. Our building is in this weird place in South Tacoma. I mean, it's in Tacoma. It's- <laughs> so, so it's on this that. like... But it's it's weird too because in South Tacoma, right there, uh, it's kind of like this mixture of weird farmland, sure. and then butt up right against like a little interstate that goes like east and west, and it's not really in a community. It's kind of like in this weird place, and then we're mm-hmm. talking about possibly moving over to a middle school that's in a community that has needs that sure. needs the gospel. Those people yeah. in that community need the gospel. And so what are we to do? We're kind of like, our pastors are kind of bringing this before a lot of the community group leaders, a lot of the deacons, and they're asking, hey, we're going to try some things here. We're going Mm -hmm. to try to be a church that's moving towards 
outreaching and doing things in a community that needs the gospel. And this is something that we believe that God is going towards, right? So that is something that's interesting and where we're actually wanting to pursue the gospel call, even Mm -hmm. though we may have mixture of error. Maybe we may tend to be on some type of error here and there. Sure. But we're going towards this gospel call versus... No, our call is going to be get people's butts in the seats, get all those X, Y, and Zs. You know, there's a difference that we're talking sure, or, about or, too or, in strategy, or like whatever vision your your main preaching pastor decides he's into that yeah. week, right? Yeah. If we want two hundred plus more people to join the church, right? You know, come. Come hell or high water, we're gonna get that number somehow. Dude, I was man, this this is a long time ago. I was working at a church. I was working at a church and I was told explicitly by the lead pastor that one of my main functions at that church was to grow the numbers of the church. And in my mind, I'm like, I thought Jesus did that. Yeah. I thought I thought Jesus said, didn't didn't Jesus say that? I'm pretty sure. I mean, I I, I could go back, it depends on the translation. <laughs> I didn't think it said Josh will build his church. Yeah. I thought it said yeah. Christ will build his church. I could mm-hmm. be wrong, but you know, that's just that's just me. I got a bad memory. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, well, and dude, like it's I think the look just like you said, there's no perfect church. Every church mm-hmm. has things that they need reforming in, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. we're we're never this side of heaven. We're never going to arrive. We're never mm-hmm. going to arrive personally, theologically, or spiritually, and we're never going to arrive as churches. Right, which is why it is so vitally important that you have a leadership structure that makes those shifts and those changes easier versus harder. And yeah. if you have a what Jack and I would consider to be a biblical leadership structure and that you have a plurality of elders equal in authority right Mm -hmm. and you have a congregation that not only submits to those elders but is also the accountability for those elders you're going to find that moving in the direction of reforming and sanctification is going to be much easier and a much more unified experience than one guy who's at the helm saying, I want to do this. I want to go here. I want you know it to be this way. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you have two choices. You can either lead through the authority of Scripture mm-hmm. or you can lead through the authority of personality. Yeah. And we see that in America today. And it becomes increasingly more and more obvious which one churches are using. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, if you're not utilizing Scripture as your authority, and it's either public opinion Mm -hmm. or your personal opinion, it's going to end in disaster. Yeah. And people are going to get hurt. Right. Not to say that people don't get hurt in churches that have good structure. I'm not saying that. This isn't a foolproof plan that, you know, if you have this specific structure, nothing bad will ever happen. That's not what I'm saying. The church is still filled with sinners. Yeah. Right. But it closes unnecessary doors that 
are ripe with possibility for destruction when you have a correct leadership and your church is not centered around the whims and the fancies of one lead pastor simply because he's dynamic and can preach good. You well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not only that, but I think just how we view teachers within the church. Yeah. Because we have elevated teachers to a pope level as well, too. Sure. Versus a more like conversational partner in doctrine and theology and discussion of different portions of ecclesiology and whatnot, right? Sure. I feel like we need to treat the kind of the more people who are quote unquote elevated as more kind of um, partners in discussing things versus popes who rule over sure. us to, to give us the dogma of yep. the faith. And so I think that's another thing as well too. Um, because at the end of the day, you could treat a guy who's a well-known reformed confessional evangelical teacher and he may not be saying that he's a pope but in your mind you're making him that sure sure and then maybe you have a church structure that you're the lead pastor so now you're the priest that's deferring to your technical pope <laughs> mm-hmm. uh over things of theology and uh things of scripture and you're not treating scripture as the final authority. You're treating that person as the final authority over the scripture. Right. I don't think people want to admit that we do that, but we absolutely do. Sure. Sure. Um, and that's the hard thing. And that's the hard thing that we have to confess. And that's the hard thing that we have to look into our own hearts and say, this is not right. I don't want it to be this way. I, de- I default this way sometimes. But at the end of the day, God's scripture is going to speak to me by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we as fallible people are going to do our best as we can to look at it and to comprehend it, and the Spirit will come upon us to give us truth and understanding of it. But for us to look at a human being and say, they actually know better (laughs) than, than anybody else, um, somewhat slightly blasphemous. <laughs> so, sure, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, at the end of the day, the, the, the Pope of personality is a real thing that we have to deal with in the local church. Yeah. And the responsibility to move away from that is, is on everyone's shoulders. It's on the shoulders of the leadership in the church to structure their leadership in a way that doesn't, create those opportunities for that Pope to rise up because human nature is human nature. And if we are given an opportunity, we will take it. And it's a wise, it's a wise elder board that understands that Mm. and sets up the safeguards for themselves so that that doesn't happen. Right. It's also the responsibility of the congregation to understand, look, if you have a plurality of elders, they are equal in authority. Right. And they are all, there for you and they have all been called to lead you uh and whether it be in your own church or like we talked about last week these you know famous dudes right don't don't attach yourself to a personality yeah 
right? Because it's just going to end bad. That that personality, they don't need that, right? Because yeah. they're not Jesus. Their ego yeah. doesn't need doesn't need that, and yeah. you don't need that, right? Submit to your elders that God has given you, and understand that look, they the best structures, the best structures are the ones that spread that authority out equally and mm-hmm. doesn't have one main vision caster captain at the top. Right. Yeah. So something 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 we have to something we have to look out for, something that it is wise to be aware of and to set safeguards up against because like I said, those if those opportunities are there, understand that it is your your nature's default to try to take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah. Right. That's just what we do, man. That's what we do. Right. And un- and unfortunately as well too, we could have the best structures mm-hmm. to safeguard ourselves, to do all these things, right? And yeah. people will still sin and they will oh, still 100%. mess up. 100%. Absolutely. I mean, I, I hear yeah. about this sometimes where you have a great um, church government and church structure, but that pastor fails right? Um, morally and they sin and they need to be disciplined. Yeah. And so... Don't take this as, oh, well, this church structure can do no wrong, and pastors who are in this church structure can do no wrong. No. Right. Like, they will sin. <laughs> they mm-hmm. will mess up. Um, yeah. yeah. They will sometimes need to be disciplined. So yeah. that also needs to be taken into account. That's why you need a plurality of elders, because yeah. if you are just the lead dude and there's not a check in the world against you, like... It's a dangerous place to be. Yeah. Well, and that that goes back, and it's the perfect place to end. Like we're 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 back to where we started with John Moffat's you know tweet. Like yeah, the church is gonna it has failures in it. Yeah. There are sinners within the church. That's why the church like like that's 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 just reality. Yeah. But don't judge the church based on the failures within it. Understand that the church is the church's foundation is on Christ and Christ alone. It's yeah. not placed on the backs of fallen men and women. It is placed on the sure shoulders of Jesus Christ that will never fail, that will never falter, and that will will never forsake his people. And if we understand that, there is great hope and great joy that can be had in the local churches because we know who the church rests on. And that brings much comfort and much hope and the ability to not give up on the church even when we see failures within it. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, Jack. Oh, hey, before we go, actually, you know what? I'll I'll do this. I'll do this in the outro. We have a new patron. I'll do this mm. in the outro. But why don't you why don't you get us out of here, Jack? I think Big Eva has sung. Big Eva has sung, Josh. Let's and so move. as Big Eva has sung, she yes. has. Um, we go to what we look at to continue this conversation, if you will. We go mm-hmm. to these <laughs> I saw a cartoon that depicted the social media the sociable icons yeah. as like having like eyes and like like knives and like weapons. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like I, 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 I think that's accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it fair. was Reftoons. I think it was Paul from Reftoons who drew that. Dude, Paul, yeah. It was some Octavius Winslow uh little quote and he depicted yeah. uh social media sociable icons as like murderous right. or something like that. <laughs> Anyways, it's if true. you want to go and try and attack those murderous sociable icon platforms Mm -hmm. you can do that you can join us and you can continue these little conversations that josh and i have about trying to make central the 
uh, local church in the life of a believer by going on these different sociable platforms, which are the Facebook, yes. the Metaverse. Yes. Um, you also have the Instagram. Goes yes. well with chocolate and marshmallow. And you have everybody's crazy mob site, the Tweaker, the Tweaker, mm. the Little Blue Bird site. Twitter, Elon Musk is little fantasy of destruction. I don't know what you yeah. want to call it. Anyway, you can find us all at those sociable sites and continue this conversation of making central the local church in the life of the believer at the tags at reformatory pod. And mm-hmm. Josh, tell the lovely people our new patron, sir. Oh my goodness. Guys, we have a patron and now as we announced last week, we have reformatory all access that's right mm. it is the pod luck you heard that right yes. the worst pun dad joke in the world but we're <laughs> rocking it right <laughs> the pod luck all you got to do is head over to patreon slash reformatory pod and for a five dollar holla mm-hmm. that's it five dollars a month that is one starbucks drink a month you can have access to our patreon you get uh these episodes before anyone else you also get uh two not one but two extra exclusive bonus episodes a week that's right after we're done recording this we're gonna go record our two extra episodes that only the faithful patrons of the reformatory have access to last but not least you also have access to the reformatory zoom smoke sesh that we are going to be putting together we're hoping to do a couple of those a year it's going to be super super fun we're going to be adding more you know bonus stuff throughout as we're as we're growing this page but we want to give you guys give you guys the opportunity head on over to patreon click that five dollar holla and you too can become a patreon supporter and have your name hallowed Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast, just as Mr. Christopher Holler. $5 Holla. Holla. Mr. Holla <laughs> gave us $5 Holla. Christopher <laughs> just became a patron, and he is now enjoying that sweet, sweet all access, the podluck. Mm. It's delicious. It's fantastic. Yep. Right? You can. Uh, give us a like and review. Give us a little. Uh, give us a little five star. Five star for five solas on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. Help the podcast get out to more people. We thank you all for listening, and we will catch you on the next step of the reformatory. <laughs>